we've been exploring the idea of belonging in the workplace. Let's just go ahead and cut to the chase. Why should leaders care about this? Let's ask Eileen Hogan and Dr. Chris Smith. It impacts employee performance in terms of how their brain is functioning, access to their higher level um, thinking skills, problem solving, decision making, creativity, innovation. All of that is stronger when people feel like they have a sense of belonging. So that's going to contribute to improved performance. But in terms of like a business or organization, when People have a sense of belonging. They're able to deal with um, conflicts more effectively. Um, They can focus on bringing out the best in people, using people's strengths. Uh, There's just a lot of improved team dynamics. There are implications overall from an organization's metrics, what, you know, in terms of financial um, income growth, that type of thing. So the positive implications of creating strong sense of belonging go all the way through the organization as do the negative, the implications of people not having a sense of belonging. One of the things we help leaders do is recognize that communication is not just about conveying information and making decisions. Communication is also about relationships and creating a sense that people are important. And in this case, that people belong. One possibility is that if a leader feels like somebody's exhibiting behaviors that aren't consistent with their normal behavior, maybe their productivity is taking a hit, you know, one of the first things that really effective leaders do, I won't say good leaders, but I'll say really effective leaders, sort of second level, you know, next level leaders do, is they take time to listen and, and to ask open-ended questions for a couple of reasons. One, uh, because it helps them understand what it is that that struggling teammate is struggling with. And it's a way to gain information as a leader about what your team is dealing with and and what they're struggling with so that you can, you can maybe decide, you know, how can I help? What resources can I provide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But the other thing it does that is equally as important. And in some, some cases I would say even more important at a high level is when you talk to your teammates, when a leader talks to her or his teammates, um, what they do is they create space for that person to um, to share in a way that makes them feel important and listened to. You know, one of the things we know is that when people get in these in these challenging situations where they there's a conflict in their values, emotions ramp up. You know, so that, so the you know the quick dive into neuropsychology when when we get in these situations where we feel a conflict in, in our core values and we feel like we don't belong, the, the emotional part of the brain, the limbic system, for example, ramps up. And when the limbic, limbic system is ramped up and in control, um, sometimes we call it a limbic system hijack, then, you know, then, then people aren't performing at their very best. They're running on emotion and not on rational, uh, critical thinking, problem-solving type behavior. So as leaders, how do you combat that? You listen. And when people feel listened to and they feel important and they feel heard, the emotional part of the brain calms down, the limbic system calms down, and the prefrontal cortex can re-engage. Then we can problem solve. You know, that can be, that in and of itself can be one important first step in re-engaging and in creating stronger sense of connection and, and helping people feel like they belong. Yeah, and let me um, share some examples of, like, uh, the open-ended questions that leaders could ask to get a gauge on this, right? And then listen, right, to what their what their employees um, are saying, right? Uh, is to ask questions around, like, you know, what, what have I done lately that's impacted 
impacted you in a positive way? What have I done lately that's impacted you in a negative way? What was it? How did it impact you? Tell me more about that. Um, so we can dig in um, at a level where you can get some of the information so we know how we're showing up as leaders, right? So it, it comes down to things like how am I engaging with people in meetings, right? In, and who am I engaging with in meetings? Am I engaging with everybody in the meetings or only certain people? Even who am I inviting to meetings? There's lots of things that influence who gets invited, but am I consistently inviting just a small group of people um, or am I including the whole team, right? Who am I sharing information with? How am I addressing things that show up, right, that might be um, obvious things or maybe not so obvious acts of exclusion and marginalization? How do I address those as a leader? Those are things to pay attention to. How are they being addressed in the organization? Uh, starting to, um, So those are some other areas beyond the open-ended questions to pay attention to. On the, on the topic of paying attention, Eileen, you know, I, I know that you sent me some notes on this, and, and there were some bullet points here looking through these, and you say pay attention to how you share information, lead meetings, lead brainstorming sessions. Pay attention to who has seats at the table. Pay attention to how acts of exclusion and marginalization are addressed. Pay attention to engagement studies and outcomes as indicators of inclusion and inclusion. And what I thought was so interesting is the theme there is pay attention, pay attention to the little things, who's got a, a seat at the table, to the bigger things. What are those tools and resources? When we do those engagement studies, pay attention to it. Let's talk about that concept for a leader. Pay attention. That seems like that first step to all of this just to pay attention. Tell me about that. Why is that that, why did we repeat that over and over and over? Why is that important? Yeah, I, it's, it's important because we have to know what we're doing. We have to start to, um, to notice how we're showing up and how we're influencing situations, um, supported by what Chris was alluding to, like the open-ended questions. At, you know, let's ask people, let's ask the team whose voice gets heard, who gets seated, seats at the table. Who gets the information first? We don't always know as um, in our roles as leaders, we are busy, we have lots to do. So it, sometimes it's, it's easy to say, be self-aware, and pay attention. But the reality is we're not always aware of how we're showing up. So we have to pay attention and use other sources of information to support that and ask those open-ended questions just to understand how, how is it that these things are playing out in our organization and ask a question like, what acts of marginalization do we see in our team, in our organization? Right? Chances are I'm not going to be aware of all the acts of marginalization that are happening, right? Because for a lot of reasons, uh, primarily because I have a lot of unconscious um, bias, right? So I need to support that. Uh, one of the things that supports building my attention and awareness is asking those open-ended questions. you got to pay attention to what you're doing and how you're showing up and how you're sharing information and who's at the, who's at the table and all those great examples Eileen just gave because we're dealing with people and people pay attention and people watch everything that we do and they, for better or worse, for right or wrong, interpret and misinterpret why we're doing what we do. And, and so as leaders, we have to be really aware and pay attention to those those details about how we're showing up because 
we're dealing with people and people's are going to take that information. They're going to, they're going to push it through the filters in their brain and they're going to sometimes interpret it accurately and, and oftentimes misinterpret it. And that's going to have an impact on um, individuals feelings of belonging and connection and engagement. Which brings us to self-awareness, right? Tell me about self-awareness. Is it as overwhelming as I, I feel like it is to manage all of that? Well, I can, it can certainly feel overwhelming. And I, I think that one of the opportunities is for us to just, you know, take it small steps at a time, right? Small, small chunks of the work, right? We can't do it all at once. We will overwhelm ourselves and, and uh, overwhelm our brains, um, which then is not helpful for us. So, so I think we needed to say, all right, I'm going to focus on this aspect now. I can't, I can't deal with it. I'm going to, I'm going to start paying attention to this aspect, right? who I'm sharing information with, and even to Chris's point, like in the presence of other people, right? Or I'm going to pay attention to how do I greet people when they come into, we say come into a room. Now we might say when they show up on a WebEx or Zoom call, how am I greeting people? You know, uh, how many people do I call by name? Uh, whose name do I not know yet? Or do I not use regularly? So we could just pick uh, one area, and as we grow and get comfortable with that, then we can keep adding on other areas. Because the whole concept of how we make change over time, most uh, big changes over time are simply the accumulation of small changes over time, right, that build on each other. Um, so we have to manage that part of ourselves, not to let ourselves get overwhelmed. Yeah. And I would add one, one strategy that I've seen uh, a lot of leaders use effectively that they've shared with me that, that supports what Eileen just said about you know, small steps uh, is if you if you're fortunate enough, I'll put it that way. If you're fortunate enough to have a trusted confidant of some type in the organization that will be honest with you with feedback, I've seen leaders be very effective in having that person and going to that person intentionally after meetings and and just say, "What did you see? Was I sharing information equally? Was I recognizing everybody in the room?" Um, did I appear to be playing favorites? You know, those kinds of questions. If you've got somebody that's, that, that you, that you're confident will tell you the truth, at least as they perceive it, then that can, that, that, that sort of objective, I'll say objective-ish third party, because nobody's completely objective. Um, that, that kind of a person can be a real benefit in helping us increase our self-awareness of how we show up. We've spent this episode exploring what we as leaders can do to help promote a stronger sense of belonging with other people. But what about us? Join us for our next episode when Eileen and Chris tell us what we can do to help our own sense of belonging. For more information about our show or any of our guests, visit us on the web at truestleadershipinstitute.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button in the top right-hand corner. Leadership Amplitude is a podcast production of Truist Leadership Institute. All rights reserved.